Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Huddle Up Pod, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm Scott Kennedy, and yes, it's me again. Chad is out sick. He uh, he brought back a case of the vacations from Hawaii, and it has worn him down. And he is he's going to be out, but he should be back tomorrow night. He could have if he if it was a life and death type of thing, he would have been here tonight. Uh, but it's not, so you get another night of me and Zach. I am Scott. This is Zach. Zach, how are you doing, my friend? I'm I'm in HD now, so I hope the audience is uh, can tolerate that. But if you see me looking to the right or to my left now, I have dual screens. Uh, shout out to you, Scott, for uh, showing me the light about that. I have a whole new setup I'm trying to get used to, but You'll I never uh, go back. I will not. This is amazing. I, I'm not broadcasting through a toaster anymore, Scott. I'm I'm really coming in crystal clear. I'm happy. I hope I look good. I hope I sound good. I'm so pumped to be talking Broncos football with you, Scott, with our audience. A lot of news to get to. Let's dive right in, shall we? Yeah, we shall. And uh, the title of the episode was a little bit about some of the Broncos' own free agents. I guess George Payton at the owners' meeting had some comments about uh, someone that's near and dear to our hearts, Melvin Gordon. And someone that we talked about a lot last week, you and I, because we've got different opinions on it, kind of, kind of. I mean, I think we come to the same conclusion, but Kareem Jackson. So let us know what's going on with those two free agents. Could they be Broncos again? Uh, it's Pey- Peyton keeps pushing the same talking point that the door is still open for Melvin Gordon and Kareem Jackson to return to the Broncos. I'm assuming for one more season. He's still in talks with their agents. There's still negotiations going on, but no deal. Uh, getting done to this point. They signed a safety. They haven't signed a running back. So it seems like if there's a team that Melvin Gordon is going to go to, it will be with the Broncos, hopefully for about half of what he made the last couple years. But it seems like um, he wants, Peyton does, the veteran presence in the locker room. It's a very younger, younger team now, young coaching staff, inexperienced coaching staff. And I think Peyton wants the locker room foundational members to be in place on offense and defense. So nothing imminent, it sounds like, but uh, they're still keeping hope alive. So Melvin Gordon on about half, which is kind of what we said all along. I went back and forth and on uh, on Teddy Bridgewater and what he would get uh, coming out, and it turned out I was pretty close, and I think about the same. I think Melvin Gordon could probably get a one-year $6 million deal if he really, <laughs> really held out for one. But I think that, uh, you know, a, a four and a half, five million dollar deal for a guy in his third contract. Let's say he wants to come back for four. Zach, do you do it? Are you okay with that? God, man, I, you're asking the wrong guy because I'm just not a fan too much yeah. of paying another running back when you have Javante waiting to break out. I mean, you're talking about a potential 1,200, 1,300 yards from scrimmage player in Javante Williams in 2022 playing with a better 
a quarterback playing at a great supporting cast, why waste that money? Go put it toward a right tackle. Go put it toward an inside linebacker. Go put it toward a safety if you want one next to Simmons. Maybe throw some money at Tyron Matthew. I'd rather do that than bring in an aging running back who's only going to take carries away from a young true foundational player in Javante Williams. See, I don't think the running back, if, especially if Melvin Gordon comes back, I don't think it really affects Javante Williams' touches at all. Not this year. I, I, I just don't. I think it did last year, and that was okay. You had a rookie, first year. You weren't really going anywhere. You knew that. So you were you you, you used up, you got some extra carries on a guy you were paying a lot of money who was the last year of his contract. And now I, I think that Javante Williams is the guy. You, this this is the guy. Someone's going to get 25 to 30% of the touches. Would you rather have that be a potential Pro Bowl caliber running back like Melvin Gordon, an unknown a little bit to a certain extent like Mike Boone, an un, a, a, free, a, a free agent, cheap veteran guy, a cheap draft pick? You know, I, I think, but I, to, to be fair, I, I am with you on this one. I'm to the point now where I'd rather – get one if one more big impact guy instead of getting three or four depth guys across the board. I'd rather go get one more guy that's one more $15 million to $20 million free agent instead of four threes for $12 million. Does that make sense how I'm saying that? It just I feel like you're to the point now where one guy could be more beneficial to you than just some quality depth. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I like the super team idea at this point. But everyone's forgetting about the number two running back right now. Someone asked me on Twitter, who would your number two be? And I said, hashtag free Mike Boone. Why is everyone forgetting about him? I know he hasn't been proven at this level. I know he was scantily used last year by the Broncos. But when Pat Shermer decided to get him out of mothballs, Mike Boone looked pretty good. You might want to add a running back on day three, maybe, maybe day two of the draft, and go to war with what you have. I mean, do you really need that luxury running back behind your already luxurious running back in Javante Williams? Again, if he wants to come for $3 million, heavily incentivized with the understanding that, listen, you are the 1B to Javante's 1A. This isn't a timeshare. You are his backup. Yeah, or number two. If he wants to do that, then fine. But honestly, Scott, I'd rather those carries go to the players they already have on the roster. Put that yep. money elsewhere. I see that. I, I I can get that. My question was last year was like, oh, I hate his contract. I'm like, well, you don't really need to hate someone's contract too badly until it prevents you from signing someone else. Who did having Melvin Gordon keep you from getting? You had plenty of money. Money wasn't the problem last year. So I didn't really care. This year, you're starting to get to the point where, okay, if I've got 15 million, if I've got 20 million, okay, now I need to be a little more careful. So that running back does become a little bit of the, the words you used was a luxury, a luxury. I'd rather spend right now, I would rather, again, get one more big ticket signing, whether it's a big time safety, an inside linebacker, a right tackle. Maybe I go and get a Pro Bowl guard or something along those lines or one more defensive lineman, another edge. You know, let's get a three-man rotation behind Gregory and Chubb. Okay, I can I can live with that. Something along those lines rather than, you know, there's only one football. <laughs> there's right. only one football. You've got plenty of it up and plenty of weapons to spread the ball around to that as much as I – I'm okay with Melvin Gordon. Again, even $3 million, I'd rather take 2.5 of that and send it somewhere else and get a draft pick for, for a, a third a, – a third string type of back and let Mike Boone be number two. 
I agree or, with you. Let's take a more uh, good evening. It's been a long day, folks, so I apologize. Good morning, Broncos for breakfast, evening. For some of y'all, for Peter Middleton, it's probably breakfast. But uh, Andrew coming in with some stars early, saying hope all is well with everyone. Sure is nice to worry about everything other than the quarterback position. We're eight minutes in, and we've been talking about running back. Well, let, running back at that. Let me just add one more, uh, one more to put a bow on this topic, Scott. I'm not going to also spend to spend. If I can save the money, I'll put that money aside. You're going to have to pay Russell Wilson fairly soon. He's not going to be exactly cheap. So, in terms of do we shell out four million or the Bron- it's not our money, obviously, but do the Broncos shell out four or five million from Melbourne? How about not do anything? How about? For a devalued position in the NFL, go to war with who you have. You have two good running backs. Maybe add one through the draft and let bygones be bygones with Melvin. Also about Kareem Jackson, who they're keeping the door open for. He strikes me as the same as Melvin. I mean, you have younger players on the roster ready to step up. I'm a big Caden Stearns guy. I'm a big Jamar Johnson guy. Obviously, they have Simmons there. If they want to keep uh, entrenching that position, they can do so through the draft. But is Kareem Jackson a necessity? That's the thing. If I'm going to be spending money right now at a non-right tackle position or a non-edge position that needs on the roster, if I'm going to spend money, those players better be no doubt upgrades on what you already have. I can't say either uh, for Jackson or Gordon. Yeah, even even if it's, again, if you're uh, a sixth defensive back, because you'll be in dime a lot, that is more of a necessity than a second or third running back at this point. Um, want to say hello to Michael Ranquillo as well. Thank you for the stars, Michael. Always a big supporter of the show. Um, Holy Diver says, uh, says, or I mean, D. Krog. I just like, you know, since I was, I started the show off with some corn, I just wanted to say hello to a Ronnie James Dio fan and Holy Diver. Um, you mentioned Kareem Jackson a little bit. Um, again, if you are weighing odds, on one, either, or both of those coming back uh, between Melvin Gordon, Kareem Jackson, what do you think the chances are we see one or both of them, either one or both, on the roster next year? I think it's pretty much a guarantee that one of them will come back based on really? the way that, that Peyton's talking. I just I don't know. It seems like he really wants them, but at his number. We don't know what his number is, but he has this affinity for these veteran players in, in Melvin Gordon and Kareem Jackson. Kareem, though, I'll, I'll tell you what, man. He has done everything he can to him, endear himself to George Payton and Broncos country. Earlier today on Instagram, he shared a new tattoo. Kareem, it's actually pretty dope. It's a big uh, Demarius Thomas tattoo, tribute tattoo, that says one love. I mean, the guy genuinely loved or loves being a Bronco. He loves being a part of Broncos country. I think something about that is just uh, he's tugging at George Payton's heartstrings. So if I have to go with one, I'll say Kareem's coming back on a one-year deal. Well, like I said, my favorite part of Kareem Jackson was, despite the fact we talked about heart, we talked about leadership, passion, all of those type of things, I never, ever, ever had any doubt about Kareem Jackson watching those games. And he's about the only one, to be honest with you, watching last year. uh, I mean, that's an exaggeration, but I, I had no doubts that Kareem Jackson was all in for the game of football, whether it was, uh, no matter what the score, no matter what the record, he was out there playing every down like it was last because it could be. And I, I like that in him. Doesn't Again, I understand he's a liability in coverage, but doesn't mean I, don't, I have to stop being a fan of Kareem Jackson. 
Speaking of being a fan, I'm a big fan of Travis Weber. It says, good evening, Zach, Scott, Broncos country. I don't like the idea that we're still connected to Honey Badger except sticking to, K- sticking to KC. Bring back Kjax and add Campbell to the defensive line and Wagner if possible. So, uh, let me. if I was talking about guys I could bring in and you could have the Honey Badger or you could have Kjax and Campbell, I'd probably want to go defensive line on that one. Wouldn't you? I don't want any of them. If there's okay. one guy I might want, it's Bobby Wagner because you don't have a tried and true starting inside linebacker next to Josie Jewell. But uh, Tyron's getting over the hill now. I think he's going to be washed fairly soon. Kareem Jackson, I think, is already washed, at least in pass coverage. And Kalias Campbell, it's like been there, done that. He's a one-year veteran mercenary. Is he going to do more for your defensive line than Draymond Jones would a defensive end or DJ Jones, who just spent $30 million on? They are good there. I'm all for the younger players continuing to develop, and that's why I don't, I'm kind of uh, reticent to bring aboard veterans like Kareem Jackson and Melvin Gordon that would inhibit those younger players from growing and developing as, as I would like to see them do. You're a, you're a bit of a conundrum, Zach. For as cynical as you are, the hope that you have for the unproven is, I, it's just, I wouldn't say, it's not mystifying because I don't want to make it sound like a negative. It's hopeful. <laughs> you're like, I don't want this guy. I know he was good, but well, this guy who could be good, that's the one I want. You have accused me of being an ageist before, so at least I'm consistent in my uh, affinity for younger no, players, that's, Scott. That's, that's just because I'm old. Um, so, and and Travis, thank you. Thank you for the stars, my friend. Um, coming down the chat here just a little bit. Oh, I I like this one too. Someone noticed, someone noticed. It's, it's not just that he's got the new camera. It looks like he spent a little time with some of the manscape. He's not just clear. He's clean, clean, nice looking, very good looking. I, uh, I always like the, uh, in 51st dates, when Adam Sandler introduces himself to Drew Barrymore again, and he says, "Sorry, I'm not better looking." I just that that is a uh, that's that's kind of how I feel sitting next to to, to this guy over here today. Yeah, oh, sorry, sorry, it. I'm not sorry, I'm not better looking. <laughs> yeah, Nathan, you you picked up on that one pretty quick. Zach is uh, Zach's looking good. The thing is, Scott, I've always looked like this. It's that the, my camera was so bad, it was making me like three notches down on the old uh, 10 scale. So. This is an 8 Mile Zach or uh, or San Quentin Zach. This is high <laughs> Steph Zach. This, this is Penthouse Zach. I was, <laughs> I was actually, I've got a, I went to a couple of World Cup qualifiers back in the day. And before I was watching this, I was watching the U.S. just put a whooping on Panama. I was going to drop some some USA men's national teams flags behind which I couldn't find it. So I, I stuck with the, uh, the Broncos. How are you going to go wrong with this shot? This shot's Dude. really nice. Really nice. Yeah. Um, so what else? I mean, it, it's been like 48 hours since, since we last chatted, you know, uh, so we got Kareem Jackson. Oh, I know what I wanted to talk to you about. So uh, George Payton has addressed the Tyree kill leaving. He's not ready to do a sack dance yet, but it certainly didn't hurt his feelings. Yeah, I actually have the article up. It was published right before the podcast, mileihuddle.com. Check that out, guys. I'll drop it in the side chat if you want to read it. But George Payton was asked point blank today at the NFL owners meetings in West Palm Beach. 
uh, his thoughts on the Tyreek Hill trade. He said, I hope he does well in Miami. I'm sure he'll do great. There was a, a visible sense of relief that George Payton got from Tyreek Hill no longer sharing a division. But in the next breath, he literally said, until they trade the quarterback and the head coach, I'm not going to worry too much about unseating Kansas City in terms of like doing any victory laps. And Scott, we talked about that after the Tyreek Hill trade went through. They still have Patrick Mahomes and they still have Andy Reid. And until those two things change, they are the kings of the mountaintop. And I, I love how George Payton ended his uh, press gathering on that topic today. He said, and I quote, it's hard for us to really think about competing in our division until we do. So it's not about winning March for George Payton. It's about winning September, October, November, December, January, and uh, potentially so on. That's how you unseat Kansas City. I like how he's playing it. He's not giving his team too big of a head in terms of ego, but he's also not um, He's not ignoring the fact that Tyreek Hill, his departure does make Kansas City, even incrementally, a worse team. So uh, what is the streak at right now? 14? 13. 13, and how many games did Tyreek Hill play against the Broncos? Yeah, it's, it's all in the story. 11 career 11. meetings. He had eight receiving touchdowns. That's a thorn in the side if I ever heard one. Yeah, he the, the uh, when I was looking up his splits last week when he was traded, he's actually got about 50% more receiving yards against the Chargers and the Raiders. But he, I think his he was rushing. He was actually hurting the Broncos more hmm. rushing the ball. Um, it's not a coincidence that those numbers are in line with one another. You know, Tyreek Hill being there, and again, you know, so does Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes has something to do with that. But it's it's not a coincidence that, you know, Tyreek Hill has had a big part of that streak. But you know who else has had a big part of that streak, Zach? The Denver Broncos. They're, some of those have been self-inflicted. You know, there's – you haven't put your best foot forward. Yes, when someone's up, someone else has to be down. But that doesn't mean I have to keep – stepping on myself making poor move after poor move after poor move it feels like that at least has changed even if Kansas City's still really good the Denver Broncos are going to be pretty good now too yeah and that's the hope I mean they got better at the two areas they needed to to compete with Kansas City quarterback and pass rusher and with Russell Wilson and Randy Gregory they will go toe-to-toe -to -toe, and that streak will end and like I wrote they might want to start a streak of their own Scott Maybe they sweep me. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's a possibility. Get those brooms out early because the Broncos now have the firepower. They now have the head coach and the coaching staff to compete with and take down Kansas City. But to Peyton's point, until you do it, it's all talk. Don't talk about it. Be about it. I think the roster is a lot more proven than the coaching staff. So I don't know that they've got the coaching staff yet. They're not Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer and Tom McMahon. As long as they're not those people, it's an improvement. Yeah. So they they now don't not have the coaching staff. <laughs> exactly. We can go double negative on that one and infer a positive. Howie freaking day coming in with some big freaking stars. And we love you for it, Howie. Thank you. He says, hey, y'all, question. How would you take another young – how would you take another run running back in a second? It's a deeper class than guard. Um. I'm not. Wait, I'm, I'm not, not doing that. Um, maybe, maybe how would how would we feel back in the second round? No, no that's way. too high for me. Uh, I'd go a little bit later because you'll find some good quality there. Um, I would if I'm in the second round in the sec with the second second. So it's a deeper class and guard. I would still be looking at offensive tackle in that, and he's probably thinking that. Howie's probably thinking that too, and he'll clarify in the comments. I'm sure Howie, 
Um, tackle should be your first priority. If you're anywhere close to best player available, and again, that that phrase kind of rankles me a little bit because there is no best player available. There's just not. I can almost guarantee if you take a guy at 100, someone between 101 and 300 is going to be better than that guy. It's just probability. So you want to trust your board and try and meet a need if you can uh, while trusting your board. And if someone happens to fall or, or whatnot and someone you really like, then, then take him. But in this case, I think you want to go try and hopefully there's a right tackle you like available that spot or an edge or a defensive back, someone where that actually fits a need as well. And running back can fit a need, can fit a need too. But I, uh, I wouldn't go second. I probably wouldn't even go third round for a running back. Well, let's count out loud, like uh, Sesame Street. How many positions the Broncos have to fill before running back? I mean, you talk about right tackle. You can use another guard or a center. Uh, you can use a tight end. You can use defensive lineman, edge, inside linebacker, cornerback, safety. I just don't, I don't see the need when you have Javante. And again, I'm a Mike Boone truther. I think you can get by with him as your number two. I'm not even thinking about running back until round four at the absolute earliest and even then i might wait until five or six it's not a need at all for denver yeah i had a point on that and then i was looking up this super and it's totally blown my uh train of thought because this is disturbing and now it's all i can think about uh travis weber coming in with some more stars to let us know uh speaking of demarius thomas his stolen items were sold on ebay how stupid do you have to be to use ebay as a fence and unfortunately or fortunately enough most criminals are caught because they're dumbasses. Uh, his, the former sheriff department deputy who lived with Thomas taking care of him is now a wow. suspect. Uh, hopefully, if there's any justice in this life or the next, there is a special place in hell for people like that. Um, sorry, that might be a little dark, but uh, I believe in truth, justice, innocence, guilt, punishment. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh yeah it's uh it's definitely sad and uh it's people talking I haven't heard this Travis Travis so like this is quite the plot twist made for Hollywood TV but I wouldn't look at it like oh it's a former sheriff deputy that's now the suspect people are people regardless of their occupation regardless of their title there are a lot of scummy crappy i almost said a bad word on the podcast just crappy people out there i'm not surprised but i believe in karma scott believes in karma and i think uh demarius's family will have that karma come back in their favor uh, hope hopefully so uh we won't get into a, a, a deeper discussion about uh corruption and power and people in power and that type of thing right now but i agree with you um scrolling down the chat just a little bit go ahead and keep your eye i see you uh you drop you drop that yep. uh, the George Payton link in there, so appreciate you on that, um, Kathy coming in, and I agree with this, Kathy too. That's why if if you ask who's a favorite in the AFC West right now, I'm still going to say the Chiefs. Why? Because like Ric Flair said, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. Woo! I want Kathy to throw. See, you did it. I didn't have the guts to pull off. <laughs> I, I was I, debating I, it, but I went with it. I didn't do it. I see. I loved it. I, I loved it, and uh, I agree with you, Kathy, because. Until, you know, and George, George Payton was good. He's like, yeah, we're certainly not going to miss Tyreek Hill, but that doesn't mean they're not the team that's beaten us a bunch of times in a row. And until we beat them, it's just empty talk and promises. We might be winning free agency, but we got to win on the field. 
And the good thing is, is you don't necessarily have to knock them off the AFC West to win a Super Bowl. Who won? Uh, who won this? Who won? Uh, did Cincinnati win their division last year? I'm not even sure they did because they got in at like ten and seven, I think. Maybe they got in at ten and seven. Pretty they sure they win did. Their division? It was in Pittsburgh. I, I, it may have been Cincinnati. May have yeah. eked in, but it was a it was a scrum for sure. But you you got to be good enough to again. Could all four teams possibly make uh, make the playoffs this year in the AFC West? Possible. You know, like, oh, the AFC West is going to beat up on one another. Yeah, but it's only six games. It's like a third of the season. If you beat up on each other and you're three and three, 10 and seven doesn't sound all that, you know, <clears throat> impossible for sure. So appreciate the comment, Kathy. It's easy to crow in March when every team is zero and zero. It's harder to do that in September and the fall and the winter when you're on the field and you're actually going toe to toe with these teams. So again, I love what Peyton said. Uh, he realizes Kansas City may no longer be the superpower it was with Tyreek Hill, but they are still a superpower nonetheless with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and company over there in Kansas City. And to into like Ric Flair said perfectly, as Kathy just echoed there to. Be on top of the the mountaintop in the West. You got to beat those who stand in your way, and that's Kansas City. The the mental edge. I was at Yogi Berra that said half this game is physical, the other ninety percent is mental, or something like that. And it's it's crazy the the tangible momentum in a game. How one team can look like world beaters in part of a game, and then just be falling apart later in the game. How the mental edge in this, and right now that mental edge. It's with Kansas City. That's what happens when you win a bunch. So that's that it matters. I know it shouldn't, but you know, big mo matters. And right now, the momentum of everything they're doing right now um, is on their side. Tommy comes in with a question that I like coming in on YouTube. Thank you, Tommy. Is Ronald Darby a true number two quarterback or should they look elsewhere? Um, probably two years left on the contract, two real years, I would imagine. Uh, I can look that up while I get your take on this. Is he a true number two cornerback or should they look elsewhere? I no, he's going he's to be a number one. Exactly. He's a number two. He's not a number one. And, and for 10 million bucks, that's actually pretty good value for a number two cornerback. I mean, I wouldn't rely on Darby as a number one corner, but that's why the Broncos have Patrick Sertan. That's why after handing Darby 10 a year, they draft Sertan ninth overall. I think they're fine there. They have K1 Williams as a slot. They have a saying Bassey, Michael Ozumudia, who could be a bounce back candidate under the new coaching staff. They are decently well at cornerback. They need an, another one in the draft, maybe two, but Darby as a two, A-okay. Darby as a one, you got a problem. Yeah, so again, I agree with you, and, and he's getting paid like a two. I mean, you got to figure his cap hit, uh, his base salary signing and cap hit this year is 12. Bryce Callahan's cap hit was eight last year. Darby's cap hit isn't that much more. That's you know, four million more. You can say fifty percent more, but it's still not that high. On a they got a little game. desperate. That was Peyton's first signing. I think he got a little desperate for uh, okay, Darby. That one's not too bad. And for me, it's really one year left on this deal. They've got him under contract through twenty twenty three at a very reasonable price. Uh, his cap hit next year would be just thirteen, but with a three million dollar dead cap hit, that makes this uh, a one year option. So for most most contracts become. How when it becomes too expensive to cut somebody or they're too good to cut, then that's one year option deal. So he's got two years left on his deal for, and in my opinion, how I would phrase this, it's a two year deal, but it's really a one plus one. One this year with a club option because at a $3 million dead cap on a non-guaranteed contract, you can you can eat that without any, any problem. So he 
is uh, I think he's definitely good enough to be a true number two for sure. I think his money is in line with a very good number two cornerback. And I think that's also why you went ahead and took the best player in the draft, <laughs> and, uh, the best player available. Um, and Patrick Sertan fit that bill, whether he was the best or whether he wasn't. He was a really, really good player. And um, like we talked about at the time, I think you're going to be very glad you got him. Keep an eye on Justin Fields because that was really the other big player that when you're passing on your quarterback, but that's been taken care of now. That's been taken care of. So thanks, Tommy. I think the Broncos learned their lesson in 2020 when they acquired A.J. Boye and played him like a number one corner when he is not a number one corner. He is best suited as a number two. And uh, they learned that with Darby. That's why, again, after paying him, they drafted Sertan. We don't have to worry about that, though. You know, God willing, knock wood, Patrick Sertan stays healthy. Darby is the penciled in number two. That isn't a question. They'll add another corner in the draft. And I like this defensive backfield, even as it stands right now, for uh, a zero Evero. Hey, you got it right. I'm going to start like you're going to see me in the background producing like banging on the keyboard like this on how to uh, <laughs> how to pronounce his name. Um, let me see. Uh, I think one of the questions in here I saw there's a little bit of discussion going on about is KJ Hamler a bust? Um, I don't think so. One, it's hard for me to call a second rounder a bust. Two, the injuries have hurt. I mean, if someone just flat out can't play, that's a bust. Is it a miss on a draft pick because of injuries? Maybe. That becomes a maybe. But when you've got injuries, a bust, for me, isn't someone that's injured. That's unfortunate. A bust, by definition to me, is someone who just can't play. Is someone who didn't live up to what you thought they were going to because they weren't good enough. Not because of injuries. I mean, is Gale Sayers a bust? You know, <laughs> no, he was, he's, you know, one of the greatest players of all time whose, whose career was cut short by injury. Uh, but, and, and you know what I mean? That's a, a big, huge leap, you know, talking about Gale Sayers. But injuries to me aren't busts. They're not. You know, I just had to just look it up because I couldn't remember. You know who's a bust? It's Charles Rogers. That's a bust. K.J. Hamler, because he's been hurt and hasn't been featured in the offense, isn't a bust. You can't hold Pat Shermer against K.J. Hamler like you can't hold uh, – excuse the other way around. You can't – is that the right way? I don't know. You I'm, can't I'm getting hold K.J. Hamler responsible for – no, you can't hold. See, I don't know. Now you got me confused. You, got, you guys get my point, though. And the same thing applies to Jerry Judy. They were mismanaged in this offense. They haven't had a good quarterback throwing to them. KJ, when he's fully healthy, is a, I'm going to say this loosely, like a Tyree Kill light. He's a speed demon. He can take the top off a defense. Don't have him run fake jet sweeps. Don't have him be a decoy on the field. Use him correctly, and he will produce. He'll never be a number one in the NFL, as far as I'm concerned, but he can be a damn fine number three and maybe even a number two. When he comes back healthy, y'all will see. Bus is ridiculous. Another good question coming in from Travis is, do you see Denver adding another tight end? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, would you like to elaborate on my quick comment, and then I can follow <laughs> up too? I mean, the Broncos, they started their top 30 pre-draft visits a few days ago this past week, and like 95% of them, except for a running back here and there, have been right tackles and tight ends. George Payton is leaving breadcrumbs because those are the positions he didn't address with gusto in free agency. And we said this over and over and over. If he's not going to attack it, then he's going to do it through the draft. I don't know It's 64. I don't know when he's going to take a tight end, but I guarantee you he will take one uh, next month. It wouldn't 
break my heart. It might kill uh, my Broncos for Breakfast co-host if if Jelani Woods was taken that early in the third. But, you know, if I've got a 6'7", 260-pound guy running four sixes, I can deal with that in the third round. Another big weapon. Because you need another tight end. You do. You you had two. Now you only got one. So if you want to run some uh, some some good sets besides just a glorified fullback lining up at the at, at that position, you're going to need another tight end somewhere in there somehow. There's someone will be on the way. That's almost a promise. Samaki Hill. We're at the 30 minute Zach Mark Zach. So I think now is probably a good time for uh, the audience has doubled since the first five minutes of the show. So uh, you just want to give us a quick recap yep. on on uh, Melvin Gordon and Kareem Jackson and the thoughts that uh, George Payton has said about them. Absolutely, yeah. George Payton today for the at least the second time, maybe the third time this offseason, said the door is open for Kareem Jackson and Melvin Gordon to come back to the Broncos. They have and are holding negotiations with each player's agent, and it seems like they just have to find the right number for both sides. And it seems like maybe these players are – um, exploring their wares on the open market or asking for too much, but Peyton wants both of them back. I don't know how feasible re-signing both of those players are, but I think one of them, maybe Kareem, is um high probability to play for the Broncos in 2022, but Peyton's keeping the door open. He wants some veteran leadership. He wants some experienced players on both sides of the ball and uh, look for that to happen, at least one of those. Before and at the draft. very least, what that does is it helps keep the market and their name in the name moving around for other people. You know, if he, he he's not going to come out and tank their market and say, no, we don't want those guys back. Are you joking? So at the very least, even if he has no intention of bringing them back, saying that he would like to is good for them. It, it, it is. And that's doing them a solid, which you would expect from a professional dealing with two good professionals. So that's just uh, that's just professional courtesy at the very least. Uh, Rodney Garcia coming in. Appreciate you, Rodney. He says, would you, would you guys like to see week one as a season opener for Seattle, Drew Locke versus former team, and Russell Wilson against his former team? There's no guarantee that Drew Locke is going to be the starting quarterback in Seattle. Right. Um, the We like his upside, and we saw what he did four years ago, and this kind of stuff. That's just chatter. Because the next statement after that that, that we that we read was also, well, Geno Smith knows the offense a little bit better right now. And uh, he's probably got a leg up on Drew Locke, which he does. So there's no guarantees he's going to be the starting quarterback. Would I like to see that? I don't know. Um, it might make for some good content and some good discussions. But it could get, it, it could get really toxic. And um, I like having fun here. <laughs> and and the, the Drew Lock stuff in here starts getting toxic and it's not fun. I it, it might do numbers, it might do all that kind of stuff, but I like having fun on this show. And talking about Drew Lock isn't fun. It's just not. Not for not, me anyway. It's not. After three years, it's not fun anymore. Are you crazy? It's enough for me, dude. <sighs> We've been through a lot on this podcast. Um, as long as it's not the second ESPN Monday night doubleheader game that starts at like 8.30 Mountain, I'm good with it. But I've heard rumblings the Broncos could open against the Rams on Thursday night, the reigning champions. But I want personally, I don't care about Seattle so much. I don't care about Los Angeles so much. I want Kansas City week one. 
I want to end that streak week freaking one to show the entire world, the entire NFL, the entire country, the Broncos are back. They are no joke. They are here to come for the AFC West throne lookout. Dennis come in with a super. Thank you, Dennis. Second super of the night says, how do you see Michael Ojemudia fitting in in the rotation? Uh, again, because I mentioned earlier, you know, if you're going for need, a sixth defensive back is a bigger need than a third running back because a sixth defensive back could be as part of your base package, depending on who you're playing against in one, uh, would see a lot more snaps than uh, than a third running back coming in. So uh, now how does where does where does Michael Ojemudia fit in there? I mean, the more the merrier. You can't have too many cornerbacks. Like You can't have too many pass rushers or wide receivers. It's a good position for the Broncos to be in when they're not counting on Michael Ojemudia. Anything they get out of him will be a bonus in that defensive backfield. But I think he fits the scheme. He has a lot of things to like about his game. He can be a, a disruptor uh, in coverage. And as long as Evero, who's a former secondary coach, by the way, so that's perfect for Michael O, as long as he can... Um, mold him to his system and maybe trust his eyes a little more. The one thing about Michael O, he never found the ball in coverage. He had some dropped interceptions, but he has to get his head around a little more. If he can learn to do that, he can work his way up uh, the rotation. He'll be seeing snaps this year, but fortunately, barring injury, they won't be significant snaps. So Steve Hearn coming in here, and I want to just go ahead and dispel this notion right away. Russell Wilson has a famous wife with plenty of money, like Tom Brady. Think he'll accept? I guess it is a question or a statement. I'm going to treat it like a question. You think he'll accept a reasonable extension does not need to break the bank? No. No, I do not. I do not think he will accept a discount. I don't think he will. I think he will want to be paid market value. It doesn't matter who his wife is. A salary is a currency for how you feel valued in this league. If he's making 45 can he get by on 40? Sure. If he's worth 45, he wants 45. That's just human nature. And you know what his wife's going to say? Baby, you're worth 50. Doesn't matter how much they have. Giselle's worth, they're, they're, they're worth a billion dollars combined almost. It doesn't matter. Tom Brady's yearly cash for 2022 is $54 million. He's got a bunch of rings for it, but they're not, they're not taking. They're not taking discounts. This is how this it's 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 an appreciation thing. It's an ego thing to me. It's like you want to you want to show me what I'm worth and show me what I'm worth. Flat out. And, and you know, for comparison, you have a, a quarterback like Deshaun Watson who's never won a playoff game, facing suspension, coming off 22 allegations of sexual misconduct, and he got what 250 million, most of which was guaranteed. He's making what 50 a year or, or thereabouts. Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl. He's a nine-time Pro Bowler. He has no off-the-field drama. He's making 35. Dak Prescott's making 40. It's just market value. You have to show that player the respect. And with the quarterback market blowing up and blowing up and blowing up, the Broncos will have no choice but to show him a lot more than he's making right now. I think he'll be somewhere between 42 and 45. Uh, but I've had, Scott, so many freaking Seahawks fans in my mentions on Twitter. Y'all are salty saying Russell Wilson won't accept this. Just wait for the facade to wear off because he wants to build a super team in Denver. And by that logic, if you want to build a super team, take less money so the Broncos can add more players. They can do both. But if you're expecting Russell to sign for 38 on his next deal annually, it's not going to happen. It's going to be in the 40s somewhere.
Yeah, he's going to be amongst the high. He's going to be amongst his peers. His peer group is top five quarterbacks, uh, and that's where he will be. So, Oh, uh, sorry. He won one playoff game. That justifies 50 a year. Sorry about that. Um, it's not about – Zach, you, you might be too young to remember the days before they changed the contracts where the highest paid player in the NFL was the number one overall draft pick. That was insane. That was insane because if you missed on that guy, you were hosed. You want to see how bad teams stay bad? When they draft a guy and they make him the highest paid quarter, highest paid player in the NFL, and that was just 2008. That wasn't that long ago, 2009, 2010. That wasn't that long ago. Um, Sam Bam coming in. Sorry for checking in late. Sam, we're glad you're here. You can, you can be late. We, we know you'll be here. Appreciate you, man. Hope all is well. Go Broncos. Look at that. That's all he wanted to say. Thanks for checking in. Appreciate you, Sam. I want to add on one thing to the quarterback. Uh, you mentioned everything being different years ago. Well, remember the Sam Bradford contract? Everyone was up in arms when he came in the NFL because he got, what, 50 guaranteed because it was before the slotted pay scale. Quarterback contracts, all contracts, but especially quarterbacks, it's all relative. It's when one person signs, that's the that's the bar. That's the barometer for the next player. And it keeps going higher and higher and higher. So right now, 45, 50 a year sounds like a lot for a quarterback. In three to five years, that'll seem like a bargain. So it's better to sign him now, actually, than keep waiting. Now, wait till Justin Herbert's contract comes up. Exactly. If, uh, if they're... If they go and make the playoffs and he makes a Josh Allen type of run, wait till his contract comes up and uh, and, and see what they are. So, Sam, again, coming in green. Thank you, dude. Uh, Howie freaking day. We told you we freaking love this guy. So I'm so excited to see the metal meet the meat. You know, I don't think I've ever heard that expression. It's I like it. It's a uh, it's a little gruesome. Uh, with the Broncos. I don't want to project could be's or this case should be's defensively and for the love of God, offensively. Yeah. Ready for game one to start. Ready for game one to start. Ready. Yeah. Ready. We got. We're ready. That, that much I'm sure of. And it's wait. April, May, June. I, I already did the calculation. I saw. I'll just say 167 days. 168 days. I got a little lonely earlier today. It's a Sunday without football. 168 days. I'm not going to do the week conversion because I don't math. But that's all we got left until week one. I cannot See, I'm wait. I'm going to make you come over here. Do you play golf at all? No. Top yeah, golf. Me neither. Me neither. It's like that's about the only draw I got from anybody. We could go hiking by the river or something. But I'm going to I'm going to drag you out here. Get you up with me at 5:30 to go watch sports. And you won't be thinking about 167 days till uh till Let's the do next it. game. Let's you'll do it. Like, you'll be like 13 hours and I can go to bed. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you'll get ever stronger on me when it comes to football or sports. I am always there, regardless. So um, no, it's fun, especially when it's your own. It's 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 yeah. a blast for sure. Uh it's it hurts more, but the the, the the highs are higher, but the lows are lower. When no, uh, when they struggle, it hurts. Yeah. So I went ahead and had two. So when one's, one of them's usually doing well. So uh, right now it's the girl. The girl is killing the softball. Anyway, let's get back to the chat because, Howie, we're excited to. And uh, thank you for the stars, my friend. I'm looking forward to Chad coming back for several reasons, not the least of which is because we need a Facebook update on, uh, on, on the, uh, the, the stars overall. I know Howie's going to be in there. I know Michael's going to be there. Jacob Foster. Uh, Mark Schrader, amongst uh, several people. And then uh, I know who's number one on YouTube. We're talking uh, Ethan, the DWI guy, is number one. Uh, 
Dale, D-Dub is going to be in there. Michaela, for sure. KR, Christy came in late. Mark from Georgia. Nathan. Uh, Naj has been real big. So lots of folks coming in on YouTube and uh, Facebook. And we appreciate every single one of you. Uh, Jay Kozad, we're get coming back. Uh, I'm, I'm bringing up the rear here as I'm scrolling down the chat. Going back to the Hamler. A little bit of the Hamler discussion. Uh, if Hamler can still scoot down the field, Russell will find him. He's so far down the pecking order right now, Zach. I mean, even if he's healthy, he's still relatively unproven. I know he's different, but again, when we want to talk weapons on offense, we talk Javante, we talk Alberto, we talk Patrick, Judy, Sutton. You know, it's a healthy KJ Hamler, which he hasn't proven to be yet. He's got a long way to go to become a, a, an impact player on this team. He is far down the pecking order, but name another player on the Broncos offense that can do what he does. Mm -hmm. Right. There's no one. I mean, Jerry Judy's the closest one. He doesn't, he can't even come close to matching the speed that KJ Hamler has. So, yeah, even if he just runs nine routes, go routes all day. And what did Nathaniel Hackett say today? He was talking about the play calling with Russell Wilson, and he was asked, Do you have a favorite play call? Uh, Nathaniel Hackett smiled and said, Go ball, go route. I I mean, they're going to throw the ball deep down the field. And if KJ. Fingers crossed he's healthy from that knee injury. Thanks, Teddy, for the hospital ball. They are going to use him like he should be as a deep threat down the field. Wait on it. His health is the biggest thing, not his talent. That's the first time you've said hospital ball while I've got a microphone in front of me. It was a hospital ball. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Watch the play. I've used the example of blaming a shooting guard for missing a three-pointer because a guy goes up for a rebound and comes down and twists his knee. A jump ball is not a hospital ball. Now, to be fair, a couple weeks later, <laughs> it's not. Thank you, Bruce. What a hospital ball is. Throwing it up for grabs is a bad decision, but it's not a hospital ball. A hospital ball is illegal now. In the game against the Ravens where, where uh, Teddy got his head messed up, he threw a swing route to a wide receiver. And in that same game, because they didn't call a personal foul on either one of these, not the one on uh, on uh, Teddy, and it may have been Hamler. I don't remember who it was. But it was a swing route, threw it right into an oncoming guy who just cleaned him out. Head first, helmet to helmet, all of it. That's a hospital ball. And those are illegal. Those are personal fouls now. You're not allowed to throw them. You're not allowed to make that hit anymore. A jump ball is not a hospital ball. That's silly. Lawrence Rivera coming. Wait till tomorrow. I'm going to have that B-roll ready to go for when chat's back out. I'm going to find the play. jumps up and comes down and twists his knee, that's not a hospital ball. From an accurate throw that was lofted from like three yards away. Throw it on target. KJ Hamler's healthy. It's, it's a jump ball. Those are hospital balls where you run a guy into traffic and he gets walloped by guys crossing over. That's what a hospital ball is. That's the definition of a hospital ball. Bad throw from Teddy Bridgewater. I think absolutely. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> Next Bad question. Decision, poor throw. One hundred percent. Will never ever argue on that point. One hundred percent. What? Here we go. But, but yeah, I'm going back to Jeremy here. Um, talking. Yeah. We were talking. Like I said, I, I I scroll down the chat trying not to miss everybody. So I'm usually ten minutes behind, uh, usually on, on camera too. <laughs> um, going back to the discussion of will a guy like you know Russell take less to build a super? No, he won't. It's up to your general manager to make sure he feels a hundred percent respected 
while building the team and doing that, uh, doing that as well. It's also about how you structure the contract. Don't look at the total value. Look at how it's structured from year to year. As Scott and I say all the time, most contracts in the NFL, whether they're reported as six years, seven years, they're pretty much a two-year deal, some of which are one-year deals, pay as you go. So even if Russell signs tomorrow for, I don't know, 45 a year, wait for the contract details to come out because knowing George Payton, he's not going to put the team in a bad position. He's kept the Broncos really cap flush over the year last uh, year and a half. Yeah, take the guarantee. If it's if it's ten ten million hundred million dollar guarantee, take that and I'll, we'll do the math another time. But basically, the extra years are to lower the salary cap. It's not about right. how long you're going to get. The Von Miller contract was three years, fifty three million dollars. He's on seventeen a year. That extra year is what got him in Buffalo. I think two for thirty four was about right was about right for Vaughn, a two-year contract. Getting him that third year guaranteed with that extra 17 is why he's in Buffalo. They went the extra mile on him. In this case, the extra year. that I mean, Zach, they quit doing that. They really did. Like They, they used to do those nice headline shots. They, they used to do those all the time, and it was so ridiculous. So I don't know why they did it with Vaughn this time. Oh, he's nine, six years, $120 million. No, it's not. It's 53 guaranteed across three, basically. Look at so look at Randy Gregory five year deal, but it's basically a two year deal they can get out of with no guarantees beyond twenty twenty three. So just don't fall into the trap of the headlines. That's all. Well, and going back to the Watson discussion, say Lewis uh, Condon says Watson will be suspended anyway. That's a very good possibility. Then what happens? You, you and what happens if they end up cutting Baker Mayfield and his twenty something million dollar cap hit, and you've got a fifty million dollar cap hit on Deshaun? You're paying. Hell, that's worse than the Falcons paying their their guys. Um, you got eighty million dollars in quarterback and nobody on the field, and you knew that going in. That's the crazy one. It's not like, hey, my fifty million dollar quarterback got hurt. Uh, you knew that going in. So um, going a little bit crazier, but um, yeah. Joe Man is coming in. Herbert's will get will get fifty five million here. Could be, especially out in L.A. You know, uh, if, if they can string together any wins, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little tougher, maybe a little tougher in the AFC. Um, because he could go two, three years and not win a playoff game and still be good, still be a really good quarterback and a really good team. But the AFC is just tough. It's really, I don't know how, it, it, I think it's going to matter. It, it, it will matter to a certain extent in that case. <laughs> the Jamarcus Russell contract. Yeah, that would have been about right. He was probably about 2008. Um, again, go back and look all those number ones going back from, you know, Troy Aikman forward, the, the highest paid guy at the time in the NFL was the, the first round, the first overall pick. Um, if it was a quarterback, I'm like, that's insane. And the thing was, Zach, what was weird was the Players Association stuck by that. You know, wouldn't you want more money for your veterans? I don't know. But yeah, Her Herbert's going to get 55. Lamar Jackson might get 60. It's going to keep going up and up and up and up. And I promise you in three to five years, 55 will seem like a steal for Herbert, just like a few years ago. And now, you know, 30 seems like a steal. The Broncos have Russell Wilson at 35. That's a steal for a quarterback. That's not market value. That's actually well below market value. And Lawrence comes in with some stars. Appreciate you, Lawrence. Speaking of guys on the Facebook leaderboard, it's cool to see how flexible the team cap space has always been when you get that team going. Yeah, when you're willing to, there's there's a couple keys in here in being flexible. One, you need the player to be young. Two, you need him to be good. 
because you don't mind extending those years out if you know they're still going to be productive. Because then I can I can take that money. Let's say Vaughn was 25 instead of going on 35, and I gave him that six-year deal, which is really a three-year deal. Well, I can take those remaining years on his contract, turn that into a, a bonus of sorts. Say he was due $30 million in the fourth year of contract. I could just give him a $40 million signing bonus and then extend him out another six years and lower his cap hit again. But you can't do that when the guys, one, they're not very good. I don't want to extend him and make sure that he's not he, he's going to come out. Or two, um, if he's if he's uh, if he's too old, because the the worst part of that is when you've got them on money that is guaranteed, or you can't get rid of them because of that dead cap number, which is guaranteed money that you paid up front, and they can't play. That's how you end up ha- handicapping your team. It's not the guys you lose; it's the guys you've got that can't play that kill you. I think one expression that pops into mind is is one of my favorites and something that applies to any facet of life, whether football, relationships, anything, business. If you want something bad enough or someone, you'll find a way to make it happen. And if you want to sign a player, re-sign a player, trade a player, cut a player, you will find a way, salary cap aside, to make that happen. Kansas City was the exhibit A of that when they had not enough money to buy a PS4, and they signed Patrick Mahomes to a half a billion dollar contract. They signed Chris Jones to a market, uh, I don't know about market resetting, but at least market value contract. If you want to, you will find a way. And just like George Payton has done, no one thought with Von Miller's salary last year and taking on Russell Wilson, all the contracts they, they've handed out, and they still have $20 million in available cap room. If you want to, you will find a way. And they could find more. If, right. they, if they needed to, they could find exactly. more. You can, you'd have to come up. This is, And this is when we said, Zach and I are of one mind on this with ownership. Who are the owners going to be? I, I don't really care. But you need to know when it comes down to, hey, I need $20 million to pay a bonus to Bradley Chubb's contract. Bad example. But he's the first person that came to mind. Justin Simmons, I want to restructure him to come up with another $10 million. In order to do that, I'm going to need a $20 million signing bonus. To give him $20 million, you're going to need an owner to write a check. Um, that's when it becomes important. But, yes, Jeremy Sean saying, can you imagine paying those salaries for this year's drafts, those old uh, rookie deals? It's, it'd be almost like the NBA, Jeremy, where the NBA had to put in a rule where you had to sign your first-round draft pick. Because the NBA, I think, is the toughest sports league in the world to make uh, in, as a first-year player. They made it so you had to keep your first round draft because they were saying that Jeremy, they were saying, I'm, I'm not going to give this guy this money. They're, they're not good enough to make the team. So they actually instituted that rule uh, a, f- a few years back, which is nuts because no, no, thank you. I'm not giving a $10 million a year, $15 million a year contract to a top five pick in this class. There's no trade down. You come up and get it. Um, so that's kind of where my trade down bias came from to begin with was, in that era, you know, the 80s and 90s, for sure. Uh, and Travis saying a great way to end the weekend with a great podcast. You know, I don't think of this as an ending. I think of this as the beginning. It's the beginning of the new week for us. So thank you, Zach and Scott, and everyone at MHH. Throw up the likes and shares, everyone. Have a good night. Let's ride. Go Broncos. Appreciate you, Travis. You know, you mentioned uh, Aikman a few minutes ago, and I, I read a crazy stat when he signed his new contract. I think he's uh, the commentator for ESPN now, jumped from Fox. He he will make more money in his contract than he made combined in his playing career. It's a giant sliding scale, and it's all relative. I promise you guys, five years from now, we'll be talking about, oh, the 2022 salaries. What a drop in the bucket to how, how it is now. It's just how it works. It's not fair. But- from Big E here. 
saying, uh, Zach and Scott, I can't answer that Russell Wilson question about taking a team-friendly deal. The only way he takes a team-friendly deal is if his wife buys the Broncos. (laughs) I still wouldn't bet on it. (laughs) Yeah, It won't be team-friendly. I still wouldn't bet on him taking a team-friendly deal. That one could get ugly. But here's the here's the thing. It, it might not be team friendly, but it won't be team killing either. That's you know, it won't be prohibitive to sign other players because you re-sign Russell Wilson. George Payton and Russell Wilson both and his agent Mark Rogers, I'm sure they'll find a middle ground where he's paid commensurate to his ability, but not uh backbreaking in terms of the salary cap. So just going down through the chat here, it feels it feels like people are trying to kick us out of here. I know we're uh we're getting a little <laughs> late. Um Everybody's saying great. You don't got to go home, sure. but you got to get the hell up out of here. <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, some talk about the uh, the guaranteed contract. Listen, I'm for the guaranteed contracts, 100%. I mean, then one of the things, there's a, there's a, phrase, a phrase that y'all have at least heard me censor myself at some point. I said, I don't, I don't mind an a-hole. I can't stand a hypocrite. And the hypocrite of the non-guaranteed, the hypocrisy of the non-guaranteed contracts. And you got coaches and general managers out there saying, well, he's got a contract. He should be in camp. When they were holding, players are holding out. He should be. You just waived five guys without contracts. You're not going to pay them another dime. That just angers me. And then they go to the media, and the media is complicit with the company because that's their access to the team. Oh, he should be in here. He should be in here. He's got a contract. You know where you didn't see contract holdouts? NBA and MLB. Because once they sign their contracts, those are guaranteed. I sign this deal. I'm going to shut up and play it out. I might leave and be pissed off about it. But there aren't holdouts once the contracts are signed because they're guaranteed. So um, I like the guaranteed contracts. I'm glad more of it, especially in a sport as physically dangerous as NFL football. I was going to say for any like 10 or 12 year old out there, if you're listening, grow up and play baseball. Don't play football. Contracts are fully guaranteed. It's not as I know there's more games, but it's not as physically demanding, like you mentioned perfectly, Scott, as football, hockey, even basketball. So, yeah, baseball is where it's at. Well, I've I, you, we haven't had this discussion too much, Zach. I don't know if you've heard me say this before, but people talk about the quarterback position and the evolution of the mobile quarterback and stuff, and you know where are the pocket passer. Oh, they're being phased out. Not being phased out. They're playing baseball. There's. <laughs> 13, 14 man rotations. There's 30 teams. That's call it roughly 400 pitching jobs in, in, in major league baseball, where you're making at least a million. Some of these guys are pitching once a week and they're playing for 20 years. They're they're playing baseball now. And we're about 10 years from the concussions really making major news. I mean, I saw it before. It wasn't necessarily the concussions. that scared me. It's the joints, you know, all the NFL, former NFL guys, even former college guys I know, you know, they all have trouble getting out of bed at 40 years old. Um, and we've seen, I see that in the youth sports. I see it in basketball and especially baseball. Youth baseball right now is insane. How many of the athletes and the former NFL guys have their kids in baseball right now? Appreciate you, Phil, for the stars. And I saw, wait a second, Michael, you called me. Okay, that's it. I'm out. I can't <laughs> No, it's okay. It's all good. It's all good, Michael. You know, it's an easy mix-up to make. You know, Scott's on here so often now, and he's with Nick three nights a week. So I, it happens to me, too. It happens to the best of everyone. So I appreciate you, Michael. Yeah, I pushed the wrong button. I, it was, I, I didn't mean yeah, you're going to come autocorrected from Zach to Nick. I, I didn't mean to. It's okay, Michael. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, what bothers me more is when I heard, I was like, where are we in freaking Vidalia, Georgia, and we're calling him, hey, Michael Ranquillo. I'm like, 
I heard that last night, Michael. And Michael Ranquillo, that bothered me. I'm sorry that we butchered your name <laughs> on air. As much as you get Ranquillo, I'm not ordering a quesadilla or a gyro. <laughs> it's Michael Ranquillo. So, apologize. Uh, this, this is an easy name to pronounce. Dennis Woods, $2 Super. Appreciate you as always, Dennis. Hope you're having a great night, great weekend. Great pod, guys. You make me laugh. Let's ride. That's what we're here for. We're the comedic relief on yeah. the MHH network. Yeah, no, none. Man, talking about double negatives that we brought up earlier. Someone took that to light. Um, Wes actually said uh, the money in the contract wasn't the reason he picked the Browns. I mean, that's a flat out lie. If you can lie about something so basic, you can lie about other things as just as easily. I don't care. Um, not our problem. Sure. I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. You again, there is coach speak, there is GM speak, there is press release speak. That's PR. No, I'm not here for the money. I'd love it for the great tradition the Cleveland Browns have of sucking. Um, I can say that as an Akron born. I was born, you know, in a suburb of Cleveland. Uh, and as a Cleveland born Atlanta sports fan, I'm a cynical SOB. So um, I don't blame him too much for that. It's we're not stupid. You know, just just stop Deshaun. Just don't even mention the money. Just forget it. Let everybody else talk about the money. You don't. You got enough that you don't have to. Ain't our problem. That's that's how I feel about Deshaun Watson. But let me tell you something, Scott, real quick. After watching that press conference, which I think was poorly handled by everyone involved, you know, the team and Deshaun, I'm so happy the Broncos went nowhere near him. And I'm not even talking about the capital it took to get him or the contract. Even if he is guilty, or I'm excuse me, innocent. I think it's my Freudian uh, mind not talking. guilty. Even if he's innocent of 22 separate allegations, it's still the baggage and the reputation that follows him. He'll always be asked about that. It'll always be a black cloud over his career and the team he's playing for. So I'm just so happy he's not the Broncos' problem. Let's yeah, ride. I mean, winning cures all, and I hope um, – I hope for his sake. I hope for the the women's sake that that didn't none of that happen. I don't know. I right. said I I don't know enough. I want to try and stay out of that part of it. What I do know is being in a town where they did go after him, uh, they pissed off their entire fan base, all of them, because half of them were mad that they didn't get Deshaun Watson, and the other half were mad that they even tried to get Deshaun Watson. So you pissed off everybody yeah. and you didn't get them. And, you know, winning cures all. Um, we've seen some real scumbags come back into pro sports and their fans will cheer for them. And it's, it's to a certain extent, it's a little disheartening, but it's a bias is an incredibly powerful uh, emotion. And, you know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing Deshaun Watson, the football player and talking about the football, the rest not really my business i'm very happy though that i get to watch press conferences with the megawatt smile of russell wilson yes that's what i'm happy about i'm i'm very happy that a team that i'm involved with in broncos and broncos country that i get to see russell wilson and again the the dude's got it i mean he's he's good looking quarterback he's got it all megawatt smile charming good for him i'm, I'm looking forward to uh to that instead of Vic Fangio trying to pull quotes out of a Vic Fangio press conference. That sucked. <laughs> I, I just I to try and get a minute, and he's given one word answer. So, what do you think? Do you think it was a good idea to 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 go for it on on? Well, he didn't go for it. What about using that challenge? Well, you know, we thought that it was a good <sighs> time, and the analytics said that that was the right decision at the time. Stop. Just stop. 
not our problem anymore. I'm still looking at my watch because he told me five minutes after he got fired from the Broncos, he would have a new job. And that five minutes is taking quite a while for Vic to find new employment. Again, with Deshaun and like Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, I'm just so happy they're not the Broncos' problems. The Broncos have now Russell Wilson, who has exactly 0.0 allegations against him, controversies. Let's get it. Let's ride. Uh, I'm right, right here. here. Yeah. Zach, Zach, I can't do that this way to point. There, there, there he is, this way. Um, Chad was on vacation, and he's actually under the weather. Coming back, he, he, he got a little bit of a stomach bug and isn't feeling great tonight. I expect him back uh, tomorrow. We're looking forward to having Chad, Chad back. No, <laughs> Y'all Chad. are hurting my feelings, though, calling me Nick and call, you know, inferring that I'm Chad. I mean, come on, guys. Four nights a week. Y'all know me by now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, going back, I don't know if you've heard me say this before. I've said it before on the behind the scenes, uh, and I don't know if I've said it for this audience before, but Chad Kelly as a football recruit was the guy who won our most likely to get his ass kicked by his teammates award. Um, Shocker. Chad Kelly was was not a great teammate. Just every, any single bad stereotype you can think about an arrogant, stuck-up, snobby quarterback full of himself, all that stuff. His name was Chad Kelly. Um, so that he didn't make it wasn't all that surprising. But can he throw a football, boy? Damn. I mean, he had an arm. He had that it factor. It, he was so close to getting his opportunity, and then he ran into the wrong house, dressed like Woody from Toy Story, and met the vacuum of his demise. <laughs> Poor Chad Kelly, man. What a story. Oh, every once in a while I say something like he's six foot eight and 315 pounds and he's a little light. Do you hear how stupid that sounds? I just heard that whole <laughs> sentence you just ripped off, riffed off. And it's hilarious. True story. That that's that's the <laughs> hilarious part. It's a true story. Who goes to a random person's house, sits down and then gets chased out by a vacuum cleaner. But oh, just waiting wow. for the documentary I'm one like, day i'm like i'm wiping the tears out of my eyes at this point so on that note we're at about an hour five we've had a blast with you tonight and everybody's given the reason already been why an hour Damn. the folks on the folks on autopilot are like well that's that's chad's seat wait a minute yeah <laughs> chad sits over there here wait, sh- <laughs> it's such a big deal here. let me wait sit still oh there's Zach. Uh, Zach, welcome into the show. This is Zach Kelberman. I am not Chad Jensen. Zach, how are you doing, my friend? You look great. I'm actually Nick Kendall, but I appreciate you asking, Scott. I'm having a great night. Let's get into the podcast. No, but you guys seem to love me on the right side and Chad or whoever on the left. So hope you're happy now for the final couple minutes here. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and uh, and, and get us going? <laughs> this is the beginning of another week in Broncos country. Yes, and we're going to wrap up March and spring into April. Yes, sir. And yeah, I see some comments, guys. Dylan's done a good job addressing them. And uh, as he says, uh, make sure you hit that like button on the way out. The Broncos, to my knowledge, are not making a play for Anthony Barr, the linebacker. I don't know uh, where that came from, but I haven't heard that. So uh, as Dylan says, leave a like and right here. Haven't gone anywhere, but I appreciate you. I I see you're trolling me now. Okay, follow us on Twitter, guys. Serious mode at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Scott on, or is that Chad on Twitter at Scout Kennedy? You can you can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you want a comfy hat like I'm wearing, I'm not even gonna say it today, Scott. Or a mug. It's not a Huddle Up Pod mug with nothing in there, but I'll take it. HuddleUpPod.com. Get yourself a BFB mug. Get yourself 
Yeah, we don't have that on there, but we have a hat. We have all other cool stuff, huddleuppod.com and facebook.com slash mylahuddlepod. Like that page, follow that page. Guys, if you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every month. But if you can't do those three things, please do these three things you see right there. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. All right, like I said, this is like five. You're not ready to kill me yet. Five consecutive. I don't like myself five consecutive shows, for goodness sake. So, Zach, again, I, I said our goodbyes last time. This is probably the last time Zach and all of you would be on together for a while, and it's been a blast. I've really yeah. enjoyed it and look forward to Chad coming back tomorrow night. And don't forget Broncos for breakfast in the morning, 730 Mountain. I will be back with Chuck, Nick, Zach. <laughs> Nick and I will be back on tomorrow morning. Kendallman, I know I appreciate you, Scott, so much. Thanks for filling in. It's been a blast with you, seriously. And uh, yeah, guys, uh, back to normal tomorrow. I'll be on the right side of the screen. Chad Jensen will be on the left side. Same time, same place, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care, and as always, guys, come on, Scott, one more time. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.